I'm Gabriela Fresquez, and this is Radar 2022. This week on The Radar, we examine media coverage and police response to missing people of color. With our guests, Derricka Wilson from the Black and Missing Foundation, former NYPD Detective Michael Alcazar, and Brian Newland, Assistant Secretary of the Interior for Indian Affairs. America's obsession with the lucrative genre of true crime centers around one heavily recurring narrative, missing white women. This narrative and outsized media coverage of these stories is so pervasive, one journalist and subsequent studies have labeled it a syndrome. We were looking at, uh, you know, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding and, and Wayne Bobbitt. You know, everybody knows what happened to I, Bobbitt. I, you know, I, I, mean, I, I, call it, I call it the missing white woman syndrome. <laughs> if there's a missing white woman, we're going to cover that every day. <laughs> Former Daily Show host John Stewart stated the problem algebraically. Do the math. Despite the fact that the majority of missing persons cases in the U.S. are actually men, the concept of the damsel in distress seems to be fundamentally ingrained into our culture. And when it comes down to how the media decides which missing damsels get covered, well, there's a reason the syndrome identifies race. Missing white woman syndrome is a phrase that was coined by the late great Gwen Eiffel. Unless you are a young white woman with blonde hair, blue eyes, your stories are not sensational enough. You know, we can all name the Natalie Holloway, the Elizabeth Smart, the Kaylee Anthony, the Lacey Peterson. Uh, the Chandra Levy, the Gabby Petito, and, and listen, for those that are no longer here with us, our hearts go out to those families. But no one, not one person, can name a black or brown male, female, or child that has garnered mainstream media. Not one, because it doesn't exist. I think historically, media has focused in on blue-eyed, blonde-haired white women that go missing, particularly those that are elite or well-off, that have family members that have the resources that are lawyers and judges, etc., cetera, uh, to push for police officers to put pressure on them so they can go and find out what's going on. Um, unfortunately, because of historical forms of oppression, right, because of reservations and of other things, and of the marginalization of indigenous peoples across the Americas, um, these women are not given the same coverage. And oftentimes when they are covered, media uses very, very judgmental language. Giving the issue a name has, if nothing else, forced the industry to acknowledge it, which is difficult not to do given the endless stream of media blitzes, podcast series, and films that are all narrowly focused on white female victims. What began as a summer road trip for a young couple seemingly in love, now ending in heartbreak. 22-year-old Gabby Petito left her mother's Blue Point Long Island house on July 2nd with her fiancé, Brian Laundrie. Now Petito is missing. While one missing person story may receive a barrage of media attention, like, say, in the tragic case of Gabby Petito, others, particularly black and indigenous women, will often get little to none. Human traffickers, people who would, who would exploit women, specifically target indigenous women because they see them as a population that nobody cares about. This will just be another woman that goes missing. Nobody will report them. The police won't come look for them. Um, so in other words, they would see them as easy prey, as someone they could victimize with, uh, without really fear of any real consequences. 
According to the FBI statistics, there were more missing black men than there were black women. Yet, when you turn your televisions on, you don't see that representation there. And we see that there is an uptick with missing black men. And, and what we have seen, and it's so disheartening, you know, these families are coming to us, they're broken, and they are asking for our assistance to spotlight their loved one. I really think that instead of waiting on a story to become trendy, um, we want our media partners on the local and national news to break the story. You be the breaking news. Um, but I, I have to also acknowledge uh, our Black media. They have really partnered with us to help us get our stories told because less is more, again, less of one race, more of everyone that's missing, greater the chances of a reunion. And in an attempt to course correct, news organizations will often cover other missing person stories to ride the coattails of the main story until that main story fizzles out along with these corrective attempts. It's an endless, dizzying, and ineffective cycle. Why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name. Missing white woman syndrome. The term coined by the late and great Gwen Ifill to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway, while ignoring cases involving missing people of color. Most missing persons headlines aren't born in network news. It's actually local journalists that are cold calling authorities to learn about newly filed cases. Unfortunately, the information provided isn't always reliable, and how police file these cases can change everything, from search party efforts to whether or not an Amber Alert is triggered. It even has the potential to overlook the possibility of a mental health crisis or a potential case of human trafficking. There is certain protocol in the New York City Police Department where uh, you know, we conduct immediate searches for like, people uh, that are like, I think, uh, under 15 years of age, or if their um, cognitive skills are diminished, or they're 65 years and older. These are what we call special category missings, and we give it high priority. We do immediate search, and I can only imagine smaller police departments, I'm sure they have some kind of protocol. I don't know if it's a strict, as something like in an NYPD, LAPD, or perhaps Chicago, where, where you know it's a bigger agency. A lot of small agencies need more training for their police officers so that uh, everyone should get the same attention because you know this is someone's loved one and it's and it's important to that person and it should be treated so by the investigating detective uh, investigators uh, and the agency when we look at these cases that we are presented with the children they're oftentimes classified as runaways runaways are not receiving the amber alert and quite frankly there's no sense of urgency to look for them or dedicate resources in finding them and when it comes to missing adults men and women in the black and brown community their disappearance is oftentimes associated with some sort of criminal activity and it really desensitized and dehumanized the fact that this is someone's son daughter mother father brother and sister and we need to just say their name we need everyone to know that these individuals are missing it's so important for everyone to understand that law enforcement is the gatekeeper we feel that that classification of runaway should be eliminated across this country we also feel that the reporting structure or waiting period should be immediately 
because there's nothing worse than dealing with the unknown. And we do know that time is of the essence. Following the widespread coverage of the Petito case, we did see other missing persons cases garner fresh interest, like Lauren Cho, who was reported missing on June 28, 2021. After local investigators claimed to have exhausted the investigation into her disappearance in the Yucca Valley, the county's specialized investigation division reignited search efforts three months later, just a couple weeks after Petito's remains were located. Cho's body was recovered on October 9th. And the media was put to the test yet again when Mia Mercano was also reported missing on September 25th, 2021. Her body was discovered on October 2nd, like Cho, just days after Petito. I think it's sad that to tell the story on how I ended up covering the Mia Marcano case, I, I really do have to reference the Petito case because it is linked. By the time that the Mia Marcano story broke, we had already begun having these conversations on why is the Petito case being covered so massively. That was on everyone's mind. And then in Telemundo, they found out that the grandmother spoke Spanish. From then on, they decided that they wanted to do like full coverage and they sent me to Orlando. And when I got there, I remember thinking like, wow, it's only local media. There weren't any networks there. The fact that we were there, they felt like we were supporting them. And, and they were really grateful to us for being there. Continúa la búsqueda, pero aún no hay respuesta sobre el paradero de Mia Marcano. The day that they found the body, we were really the only network with a camera there. And I, I didn't approach the family that day because it was too much. And I think I was trying to be respectful. But at the same time, I, I wanted to keep the story going because I, I think it's important to know what happened to Mia. And if it's out of the media, you know, it doesn't get the same attention from police and from the community. Because missing persons reports don't include a category for ethnicity, there isn't clear data on missing Latinx adults. Language barriers also make recovery efforts more challenging and stories even more invisible. And sometimes there's simply a lack of cultural awareness from law enforcement, especially when dealing with the families of Native people. Native American women are often uh, are subjected to violent crimes more than any other group in this country. More than half of indigenous women in the United States will be the victims of physical violence by an intimate partner. We know that one federal database has reported more than 1,500 indigenous people have been entered into that database as a missing person, and more than 2,700 indigenous people have been reported as victims of murder or negligent homicide. The Not Invisible Act was championed by Deb Holland when she was a member of Congress. The Not Invisible Act is aimed at addressing some of the challenges that create this environment that leads to violence against women in Indian country. One of the things that it's gonna help us do is bring together folks from across Indian country, uh, state and local law enforcement agencies, federal law enforcement agencies, survivors of violent crime in Indian country and come up with a set of recommendations for us in the federal government on how to tackle these challenges. I would just encourage people to go to bia.gov MMU to uh, visit our website, raise awareness about these missing persons cases. Again, I cannot stress enough how important it is to enlist uh, the awareness of the public help us spot that car on the highway, provide that tip that helps break these cases open. 
Another way citizens are combating traditional media and law enforcement is through web sleuthing, where Nancy Drew wannabes attempt to solve crimes. There's even a website, websleuths.com, with an online forum where members from all over the world share evidence. Online forums like this one, as well as social media, have given amateur sleuths and the public a space to keep victims' stories alive, and in some cases, produce real results. People use social media to put pressure on, on the police and, and, and on the news. It puts pressure on the police department to perhaps reopen a case because it's gone cold or they haven't continued the investigation. But it also put pressure on news outlets to cover uh, these missing person cases because why aren't they getting the same attention? Once a case goes viral or is newsworthy, it's getting all attention, the executives, meaning the higher-ups, are definitely going to put pressure on their uh, supervisors, and the supervisors in turn will put pressure on their subordinates, their detectives, to find out what's going on with the case, what's being done with the case, because it's all over the news. Hey, TikTok fan Lady G here, and I really need your help to find 19-year-old Dominic Monroe. Dominic is trans, and due to restrictions from the COVID-19 pandemic, he wasn't able to spend time with his friends like he usually does. Dominic purchased a bus ticket out of Lexington, Kentucky. However, he never boarded that bus. Please call the Sylvania Police Department at this number right here. Boost! And even when missing people of color are covered in the news, the way they're depicted can affect whether people are motivated to search for them or even care. Jelani doesn't get that same coverage. Jelani doesn't get that same attention. Because just like Gabby is important, and I, I can sit in this seat and say I know what her mother is feeling like because she wants her child back. I want my child back too. And I want them to look for my child like they're looking for her. When you see a picture of a missing girl, and if you're prejudiced, and you automatically link for example, the black community or the Latino community to criminal activity or to poverty. You're going to project those experiences on that face because that's the context you've got from that group, right? So I think in, in, in this case, if, when you saw that white girl, when you saw uh, Gabby Petito's face, many of the people in this country easily could relate to that. And it, it does speak to that disparity that we were talking about, you know, people being more invested in that story and not in this other one where a minority is being affected. It's a white uh, girl that people automatically assume she's innocent, she's vulnerable, because they associate whiteness with that. And it's, it, it does translate to more media coverage, more attention, more resources from the police. My podcast is called Cases of Color. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good middle of the night, and welcome back to Cases of Color. What I talk about, which is cases involving people of color, Black people, brown people, indigenous people as well. America was built on white supremacy, and I think what happens is our stories are not told because we are not necessarily the people who are seen as victims that are humanized. Um, there's not a lot of empathy towards black and brown people. For example, at, during the pandemic in 2020, um, the murders of black women went up to about an average of four black women a day being murdered. And as you can probably guess, how many times in 2020 did you see any of those pop up anywhere? You know, as a mother, I have three daughters. And if something happened to one of them, the idea that maybe their story would be shared once or twice is very scary. 
when they report on us, we just aren't humanized or the best pictures of us aren't put out. We don't have pictures put out of us with our families. We have pictures out of us with middle fingers, even when we're genuinely the victim. And I think that is my biggest issue with how mainstream media reports on us. I feel like we don't get to be humans even in death. I think when it comes to, you know, black culture and then also for me, you know, my mom is Mexican, so also Latin culture. No one understands us the way we understand us. And at the same token, nobody loves us the way we love us. And when I see these victims, when I research these stories, I put a lot of tender love and care because I look at them as, you know, my niece or my nephew or my sister or my cousin. Some might argue that the public's enthusiasm for the Petito case wasn't solely the result of her gender and skin color. Her case combined two of America's most profound obsessions, social media and true crime. We frequently use the latter as a form of entertainment or escapism. And as someone addicted to both, I'll be discussing the implications with a licensed therapist shortly after this recording. What is undeniable is the injustice and racial disparity that this case, like so many others before it, revealed. I don't want to dismiss the ridiculously hard work that the FBI and law enforcement all around did, but social media has been amazing and very influential. And to be honest, it should continue for other people too. This same, this same type of um, heightened awareness should be continued for everyone, everyone. It's on all of you, everyone that's in this room, to do that. And, and if you don't do that for other people that are missing, that's a shame, because it's not just Gabby that deserves that. In the state of Wyoming, where Petito was found, Hundreds of cases of missing indigenous women are still ignored. A reflection of a deeply ingrained consensus on whose lives matter most in our society. I'm Gabriela Fresquez for Radar 2022. Thanks for watching Radar 2022. Please like, subscribe, and comment down below and let us know what issues are important to you. Because let's be honest, we've all got issues, some of us more than others.